the year, 2022. Alfred, do you have a good sense of self? Because I've always struggled with my sense of self, and I, I think that really endeared me to taking personality quizzes. When you say good, are you referring to um, sign- confident, or do you mean accurate? I mean accurate, like fully understanding like myself and my behavior. I think that I have a very accurate sense of self. Mm-hmm. I, when you say personality quizzes, what are you describing? I mean like um, the Myers-Briggs test, for example. I think it's fun and I like doing it and I like observing my answers and how, you know, they're read by the test. You're in, you enjoy being categorized. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like being categorized so that I have the chance to break out of the category. You like to, <laughs> you like to challenge your phenotype? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I don't really do a lot of that, although I will say uh, to that end, back when I was in law school... I think OkCupid was kind of a new thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but that felt new at the moment. And uh, they had a a sort of a system of matching you with other people. And that involved answering questions and then weighting the uh, significance of the other person's answer to that question. Right. And there were a lot of questions. And I think there were a lot of user-submitted questions. Yeah, I I remember. I I was on OkCupid back in the days of the Wild West. I remember this. Yeah, I feel like I spent hours just answering those questions because I found them kind of entertaining. Same. I loved it. So I was able to get my match probability down to like one one hundredth of a decimal yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, are there any specific questions that you remember? Well, there were some outliers that I thought were pretty, I mean, there were some obvious ones, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that was obviously relevant to, uh, uh, you know, your compatibility with another person. Yeah. But then there were some, <laughs> there were some fun ones. One that I recall laughing about was a, a question about whether I could, I'm sorry, whether I would if I could order it prepared any way I like, consume human flesh, I'm pretty sure I said yes. And then Easy, I raw. Put some teriyaki. I think I put some quote about or some joke about teriyaki makes everything taste good. I, to be frank, I no longer feel that way about teriyaki. Straight raw. Get the get the real flavor. Get the true taste. Do you mean um, alive? Up for debate. Another question that I liked that I remember to this day, and it mm-hmm. seems more relevant every every day, is uh, from the perspective or uh, viewing it exclusively from the perspective of spectacle, would the prospect of nuclear war excite you or does it excite you on some level? And I said, yeah, honestly, I thought it would. I've, I didn't actually anticipate fearing it, but I thought it would be pretty exhilarating to see it from, you know, I guess from a, a safe distance. I mean, the definition of the word exciting, nuclear war would be exciting. You're referring, of course, to sexual arousal again? Yes. Yeah, so am I. In a world where total nuclear annihilation went from a goofy riff between two idiot podcasters to the grim reality of everyday life on planet Earth. Alfred, do you know the temperature of a nuclear warhead detonating? No. But I think we're about to find out. Those same two podcasters, the titular hosts of Madeline and her attorney watch movies, might be the only ones left who can save us. Who did this? Who is responsible for it? Obviously, it was the real president, Donald John Trump. Hi, we're the producers, and we're not taking the blame for this. Armed with the only weapon they've got left, a soon-expiring Queso Club membership fashioned into the biggest, baddest gun the producers have ever seen. Excuse me, that's not a gun. That's an on-the-border membership card you're holding like a gun. Say Queso to my little friend! Welcome 
to the Madeline and her attorney watch movies podcast. Alfred, we just got the receipt. I cannot believe she charged us with the case. This waitress is meddling with forces she can only begin to understand. Starring Madeline. Queso sera sera, bitch. And her attorney. I'm out of order. I ordered the queso. Queso ra so ra, bitch. <laughs> they are here to almost certainly not save the day, possibly make things much, much worse. But hopefully, they'll make your day slightly better. Queso serious. We're gonna need a bigger queso bowl. Welcome back, listeners. It's been a little while, but we needed to set up a new recording studio. We are coming to you live from our new digs at the center of the Pentagon. Madeline, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very thrilled by the hot dogs provided by the hot dog cart in the center of the Pentagon. That guy's been there a long time. He does good work. There's a reason they keep him around here. Yeah, I think it's because of the hot dogs. Yeah, I mean, the world is ending and all, but you know... At least we can get back together. That's a matter of perspective, Madeline. We can get back together after our three-year hiatus. I can't think of any safer place in the world than where we are sitting right now while we talk about movies. I mean, it's a good thing our podcast is so popular um, because otherwise I do not believe the U.S. government would have invited us with, you know, the very short list of essential um, human beings. I'd go further to say that they actually sort of insisted that we broadcast from right here. They said they were going to make a real big deal about where we'd be. Yeah. Have you got you guys, the listeners, you've heard of this, right? I, I, I mean, to, we're all living through it. I have to assume we're not breaking news now. We're recording, no, no, but no, by no. the this time is, this is published, I obviously. This is old news at this point. Yeah, Joe yeah. Biden's probably talking about it. <laughs> talking? <laughs> Good joke, Alfred. Well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what else would he be farting about it? What's he doing? Stop falling off, falling off chairs about it. I mean, my, 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 you know, I'm, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he probably talked about it. Rest in peace. I'd like to believe those are his last words. I love the Madeline and her attorney watch movies podcast. This is Madeline and her attorney talk about movies. Seen that? Yeah. Nobody's seen it, Joe. (laughs) It's an audio medium. (laughs) Son of a gun. But right. No, honestly, um. We didn't get to record for three years, and I'm I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, I'm sorry we've been so busy. Um, you I'm know, not sorry about that. I was doing a lot. I I would I would defy any listener to go back through the logs and identify any moment where I promised that I would be here. You make a really good. point. I have no duty. No, no, we've got nothing. We we owe no one nothing. Nothing to apologize for. Yeah. We're still here. Yeah, I mean, in uh, I mean, you know. When we stopped recording, I had a lot going on. What were you doing then? I was doing a film festival, the Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival. Philadelphia was nice. In Philadelphia. Yeah, Alfred, you came out for a night and that was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I was so tired, I slept through most of it. Did you really? Yeah, it was not. I mean, the movie. No, you slept through the day. I literally arrived and went to my hotel and took a nap. Yeah, like we all met up. I went and worked the fest while you guys did like brunch drinks and then you passed out for hours. Yeah, I needed to sleep for at least two hours. I missed the. The movie that everybody raved about, Caucasoid. Now, again, I'm talking about something that was relevant a long time ago. Oh, Caucasoid's fucking great. I heard that. I didn't see it. I did see, I think it was called Two Witches. Yes, you got to watch Two Witches. So Shocking how good my memory is of uh, events from all the way back in 2022. So Caucasoid is a movie that was made in the year 2021 um, by a filmmaker named Nick Verdi. 
and it's a green in spanish yeah and uh or italian no, it's with an i at the end italian, italian yeah. yeah um and he wrote it with an author named br jaeger who i'm a really big fan of he wrote a book called amygdala tropolis which is like one of my favorite reads cool from name. the past few years it's a really gross book oh you've talked about this yeah like if off, you're, off it's super mic. icky icky yeah. icky icky stuff so if you like icky stuff that is sort of um analyzing modern internet culture when you say icky, are you talking about like body waste? Uh, I like mean, like the butthole. No, not that's that precise. That's not, Mostly just like disgusting. You mean like human characteristics that are disgusting, or yes. are you talking about no, no, that's exactly and waste? that's exactly okay. like so, disgusting human characteristics, uh, like pride or vanity. Exactly, yeah. Except not that. Like more like um, interest in watching. A nuclear holocaust. Real death videos. Yeah, okay. that kind of well, shit. Yeah, I, I mean... Sorry it, we've all had to go down that path it's together. It's set on a, on a dark web, like, website that sort of is mimicking, like, darker than 4chan. So 8chan kind of shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, really, really great read if you're into and can stomach. Amygdala Tropolis. Cool name, cool book, good read. Highly recommend. But yeah, so B.R. Yeager um, helped Nick Verdi write this film okay. about a guy who uh, is like super messed up and decides that the world is really terrible and he needs to kill all white men, which oh. he is. He's a like gross looking white dude. Yeah, I miss this one. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like brutal. It's real good. Is it violent? Very. Okay. Yeah, it has some some sustained sequences of like slow quiet violence okay yeah after caucasoid everyone came back and we watched two witches at the philadelphia unnamed film festival which is a um horror film that came out uh this october about it's it's like two stories about witches it's kind of a crazy it really feels like two entirely different movies it does that we're sort of like that smushed have together chapter titles so yeah. it actually feels like somebody made one movie that was very um, visceral. It, mm -hmm. has a, it has a Danny Boyle kind of like outdoor mists sort of feel to it. That first one it has a lot of shots of hills and there's a yeah. there's a coldness to it. Mm -hmm. And a, it's, it feels like, a, I guess I'm thinking specifically of like 28 Days Later. But, uh, yeah. but the second one's very, very different. Yeah. It basically, the first one is... Yeah, this sort of like creeping dread of a lady witch. It's called the Boogie Woman. Yeah, she feels like she's alone in a very yeah. big place. Mm -hmm. And it ends with like in an intense sequence of gore. Um, yeah. Like gore and nudity, like really over the top. Yeah, and she's pregnant, which mm -hmm. amplifies the, the I think, the gr gruesomeness yeah. of it all. Yeah, and then the second half of the movie is this almost kind of like fun, like weirdo roommate story akin to the film May, if you've ever seen May. I haven't seen May. Uh, May's fantastic. Um, May's a good <coughs> Halloween movie. Yeah, it also has sort of like a high school witch sort of vibe. Yeah. Where, because it's, it's about a... It's a lot sillier. It's a, a young, lot more fun. It's about a young yeah. witch becoming sort of powerful and mm -hmm. exploiting the power and abusing it a little bit to ways that are very petty yeah. and, and kind of amusing. Funny, I think people were laughing in the theater... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not like I would not call it so bad it's good because it's not a bad movie, but it's so weird that it's hysterical. And following the first one, it really almost doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it's a really bizarre good time. This is a movie I recommend watching drunk with friends and 
you know, uh, the highlight of the film is everybody is emoting the most you've ever seen someone emote on camera and their eyes are like popping out of their heads. Like it's just people making these really intense, like contorted faces and it's ridiculous and I, like really, really fun. Yeah, I'd say the the oddest part of it is I, I spent the first half of the second chapter, the second story, searching for the thing that would tie it to the first. And the thing that does tie it to the first it's, is so odd. It's it is really odd. They chose the most like I mean, I unusual. will say the first time I watched it, I was really <coughs> confused about that connection. It was very strange. I was like, wait, who is this and why? Wait, what? Yeah, like, Because it's ob- the first half of the movie is obviously about yeah. this pregnant woman mm-hmm. who's sort of being, uh, it looked like she was being uh, selected by witches for something or other. Mm-hmm. And the second movie is all about this young woman. Who also has sort of been selected by witches for something or other. Yeah. But the th- the through line. It's really weird. Is it's just neither of them. Yeah. It, and it and it's it's they're kind of same place, same time. That's sort of yeah. It's almost, almost like it. it's like yeah. they both exist in the world of a different character who is decidedly not the main character. Yeah. But it's it's honestly like it's very strange. It's a blast though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would. I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason I we have wanted no to show it. About watching it, you it's, know, yeah. Saturday night at eight p.m. A late, because yeah, a late it's movie. really fun. All right, that was the Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival. You were down there for a couple of days. In fact, you were I down. Was. You were down in Philadelphia for almost a, a yeah, week. I mean, here I'll very quickly walk through. So, opened with a screening of Perfect Blue, um, a Japanese film and an anime film from the eighties. Um, really, really good, weird Satoshi Kon film. Um, not. I mean, it's it's screened a lot in like repertory theaters, but it's one that's hard to find unless there's a screening of it. So it was really cool getting to do that. And then we showed a bunch of like oddities and, you know, bizarro films. Um, then we did Party Dream, which is a documentary about a Ohio band called Gilmantera's Party Dream. And it's an on the level documentary. A what? It's like on the level. It's not like a found footage kind of thing. No, no, no. It's a legit, it's a it's, real music it's doc. It's a sincere yeah, it's documentary. A, yeah, no, yeah. Not found footage art. Real music documentary about a real band that I used to listen to in college. Oh, that's fun. That only existed for a few years. And, you know, I never thought about it. But it turned out they had like a real story. And could have been a lot bigger than they were, especially because they were doing like dance punk music long before it was that popular. What's an example of dance punk that is popular? Um, great question. Is it like the Black Eyed Peas or no? Because Gwen that's Stefani? not punk. Is no, it, no, that's is it punk. That, uh, that's all pop music. I'm trying to. Punk. I'm trying to think of like popular, kind of like I, I don't know. I'll insert something at this point. Dance punk examples that I came up with later include Hot Hot Heat. Electric Six, The Faint, and you know what? I'm just going to play a short clip of a Gilmantera's Party Dream song so you can get a, a feel for what it actually sounds like. never mainstream popular but like they were you know at the the beginning of the fringe of are their songs more than two minutes long Mm, rarely okay so i i get the gist now because when i was in college also i kind of had a i worked in a in a back room somewhere and a guy would play a lot of this stuff i I can't think of the name any of those bands but he would play them 
all the time. Mm-hmm. So for a period of about a year, I actually became pretty familiar with some of these. Uh, I can't think of any of these names now, though. Yeah. My 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 one that I remembered was like MGMT when they first started. It was just like two guys and they had backtracks and they would like sing and like dance around on stage. And it was very obvious they were kind of doing what Gil Mantaro was doing. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, they never really broke out of Ohio. They kind of fell apart and there was a lot of story to it. It was actually a really good documentary. It was, it was a really fun watch because it, they featured their music very heavily. And this is music that's hard to find. Is the, the documentary available on some kind of streaming service? It will be. <coughs> when did they make it? I mean, they they must have been recording contemporaneously while playing. Oh no, they were no no no. They this they were making a documentary about things that happened in two thousand six. Okay, yeah. So they had a video camera back then. And they or they were making a movie now about things that happened then. They made a movie now about things that happened then. So they went and sat with one of the two members, the only one who was willing to engage with them, and talked to him a bunch. And then they dug up as much archive footage as they can which is really cool because this is shit that's just like on regular people's hard drives yeah because you know they were filming it back yeah, in it's 2006 not the Rolling Stones. it's it's people's it, yeah. it's a band for the people and the so people there's had to get the no footage. way that anyone would ever be able to see these videos if these guys didn't put this documentary together that's a lot of fun and you know this is a band that did three albums and only one is on spotify how long is the uh, documentary? Um, 90 minutes less okay yeah really good i think it's gonna be on tubi does it have a point yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's sort of tracking the life of the band and like reintroducing people to their music. Okay, so it's like it's mostly like there was this really cool thing that happened that influenced a lot of people that you never heard about. So why don't we fill you in on it? That sounds fun. Yeah, Gilman Terra's Party Dream. Look them up; they're fucking great. How do you spell that first part? Um, G I L M A N T E R A. Are those two words Gil? Uh, is the guy's name yeah, Gil? Gil Mantera. Mantera. It's a fake name. It's not really the guy's name, okay. But like but they, they all had fake names. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was him and, and like uh, Tony Baloney and Donnie was the other guy, but those weren't their real names. Yeah, huge ass. But yeah, that documentary won the audience award. Yeah, it was the most liked film at the festival. Yeah, <coughs> well, it sounds interesting and it sounds yeah. authentic. I mean, uh, uh, sincerity plays right now. Mm-hmm. Then we showed an actual found footage tar, so um, a photoc called the Alien Report that I quite like. Um. Then we showed on Friday night a movie called Chicken House, which is phenomenal and I highly recommend people look up. It's very funny. I'm going to bring that over to watch it with um, with, me. with with you and Sabrina. Okay. And we want um, Rickens to see it because Greg was there for it and he's like, everyone will love this movie. I loved this movie. Is it horror? No. Oh, okay. It's a comedy. It's like an indie comedy. That sounds great. And I, I don't, I, I, my thing is like, I said this in my intro and I hope people didn't take the wrong way. Indie comedies are normally bad. Because they're people, not good at editing. It's really the reason they're not good at editing. It's the, they don't they don't have as much time or, or you know talent in like making it and like it takes a lot of work to make a joke land. Yeah, it, and a lot of people think they're a lot funnier than, than they other, actually than are. Other yeah. people think they are. I don't have that problem. Mm-hmm. I'm like actually probably underestimating how funny I am. I mean, that's why we're still alive. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've got the tech talent and you've got the personality. It's like so. that guy said in that movie, make them laugh, make them laugh, and they won't make them laugh. <laughs> 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 but anyhow, so Chicken House is so fucking funny and, and I don't even think it's fully on purpose. Like oh, I almost well, that's think... that's not the same thing. No, 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 no. They, they are, they, 
<coughs> yeah. They're trying to be funny, but they're trying to do a weird drama more so. And it results in some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. So like they're very aware. It's a um a woman director, her name is Kate Jones. She also plays a character in the film called Cat. She's also very, very attractive. Um, and I have a crush on her, which, you know, is part of why I love the movie. Okay. But She's then, the director? Yeah. Is she also in the film? She wrote it, directed it, and is one of the main characters. She is, I'm sorry, I didn't catch if you said yeah. that. No, okay. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I like love her. And I loved the movie. I was really hoping other people would. And Has she directed anything else? I think she's done one other feature, but okay. it wasn't really you no, know, she's a not big like deal. A prolific director. No, she works films. with a guy named Mickey Reese, who actually has made a lot, a lot, a lot of movies and has recently sort of been discovered. And this is like a whole film scene in Oklahoma City for some reason. Um, but like they're making these really good, really weird, quirky, funny movies. Mickey Reese did a movie this year called Country Gold. I don't know. That is a fake biopic about a guy who is representative of Garth Brooks. When you say this year, you mean 2022? Yes, the year 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm going to get a copy of Country Gold for you to watch. Okay. Because you will love Country Gold. I love country. Yeah. And so it's like supposed to be a documentary, not a documentary, a biopic about Garth Brooks, but it's a fake version of Garth Brooks. And Mickey Reese plays him. Um, but yeah, Kate Jones and Mickey Reese work together a lot. Is it like, is the character's name Garth Brooks in the movie? Mm -mm. Okay. So it's like a, an illusion. Yeah. It's like Brooks. a, yeah. Like Everybody knows what we're doing There's here, right? other yeah, okay. country people in the film who are playing themselves. Billy though. Ray Cyrus? They're not playing themselves. They're playing versions. Like there's Willie actors Nelson? playing them. You get it. Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, that's it. Um, I like him. But right. So Chicken House won the jury award and F came... Huff. Yeah, and and came in super close to second. Actually, in the, I have a question. The audience now. people loved Chicken House. I, yeah, I realize I don't understand how these awards work. So you yeah. have an audience vote, and you have a jury. Mm -hmm. Who's on the jury? So the jury was a series of industry professionals. So I know you know um, filmmaker Alan Roe Kelly was on the jury, um, the director of a movie that won last year called Fort Roger. He was on the jury. He's a super cool dude named Aaron who I've hung out with. Um, and yeah, a couple other filmmakers. So basically we have somebody organize a jury. So they go and find filmmakers who are willing to like sit down and watch the movies we've programmed. And then they like rank them. Okay. Yeah. And then so we the, balance it out. It's the professionals versus the crowd. Exactly. And then the audience award, when everybody comes to sit down at the festival, we give them a little ballot. That I understand actually, because yeah. I think I received you one for received two them for two yeah. witches. And it's like a one to five and they give the film a rating at the end and then we just average it out. And so Party Dream came in first, Chicken House came in second, Caucasoid came in third for the audience award and they were all very, very, very close. That's fun. Yeah. Well, it's great you got good a good uh, feedback from mm -hmm. across the board like that. It sounds like you had people happy yeah. every day, which is what I guess a festival aims for. Yeah, no, actually, the ratings Con were really good consistent this year. appreciation. Probably yeah. because I programmed seven of the eight movies. Let's be realistic. I'm a great programmer. Again, you're referring to 2022. Yes, Puff 2022. When you say this year, you're describing the year that we're currently focused on describing. Yes, not the year that we're currently in. No, th this year... Yeah, because I mean, we're in 2025 and the world has ended. Well, I wouldn't say the world, the world goes on. All right. I mean, some would say it doesn't, but... 
Well, yeah, I mean, they, they don't get to speak at all. I know. We get mics. Yeah, they, they kept us. They put us in the Pentagon. They cut their tongues all the way out. <laughs> but yeah, we showed all jacked up and full of worms. Yeah, that one is about exactly uh, what it sounds like. Exactly. Correct? Title okay. accurate. We showed a movie. We called talked about that on the podcast. The, the three Outwaters, years ago, which I'm obsessed with. I talk about the Outwaters all the time. Is that about bathroom facilities? Uh, it is about the desert. Oh, well. Yeah. And I mean, is it a horror movie? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Yes, it's a found footage horror. Do you like the way that I say the word horror? I mean, I say the word horror, 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 horror. I'm f- from Long Island, so sometimes I do words bad. I wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't have called horror, that. Horror, horror, horror. Horror, horror. Horror, horror. Horror, horror. Horror, horror, Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. That's a winner. Dipshit Alfred. Uh-oh, paging Dr. Dipshit. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. Talk about horror. But to segue into something I've been wanting to talk to you about. Okay. If you if you are open to it. I mean, it depends, I suppose. Um, I saw the trailer for The Outwaters last night at the Regal. You saw the trailer for The Outwaters. Yes. So this is a movie that I've shown at multiple film festivals okay. that I've championed, that I'm friends with the director. Like, I'm in the thank, the thank yous and the credits. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, which I screamed the first time I saw it. Um, and I got to watch the trailer for that movie at the Regal in Astoria, Queens last night before Great. another movie that I bought a ticket to and went and watched. All right. And you, you implied to me that you saw a movie and you thought that it was worth talking about. I was very excited. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie is called Terrifier 2. I think you tweeted about this. I did. <laughs> right, this is a movie about a clown. I think the first one, anyway. I wish, one. I wish you hadn't seen the tweet now. But anyhow, Terrifier Two is a two and a half hour long clown slasher film. They're really letting it breathe. <laughs> that they put in theaters, in real theaters. You went and bought a ticket. I went and bought a ticket and watched it. They did it for you. And I and I went and bought a ticket at nine thirty p.m. on a Wednesday night. Twenty twenty five. And yeah, sure. And so did about forty-five other people. What? Yeah, it was. I, ha- I haven't seen one advertisement for it. I know. And 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 this was at nine thirty. So this was a two and a half hour long demon clown slasher film. Was it homeless people? I'm sorry, that's no. actually inappropriate. Houseless people. Okay. No, it was like youngsters. I mean, uh, like old enough College to be. Kids? Yeah, like. Like 20-somethings. People just walked up to a movie theater, saw the word Terrifier next two. to the number two. And, and they went, said, I'll get a ticket well, for that. You probably don't have to see the first one. So, um, all right. So I have a little bit of history with the movie. <coughs> okay. What's the history? So Terrifier. Okay. Anyhow, uh, in, there's a guy named Damien Leone. He's the director, writer, producer, special uh, effects num- artist. number one? Of all Terrifier product. Okay. So okay. he did a short film on 35 millimeter in the early 2000s called The Ninth Circle, which is just like a five minute long movie about the ninth circle of hell and like the characters there. From Dante's Inferno. Yeah. And one of the characters, I mean, they're his interpretation. It's not Dante at all. But um, one of the characters is this black and white clown with this terrible face called Art the Clown. 
And they got really into Art the Clown. So they did a short film that's about 20 minutes long called Terrifier. And it's Art the Clown basically just stalking and, and killing a lady. Well, all right, good. And it's just like really, really mean. Was it like scary? Uh, it's more just like it's more gory it's than more, scary. It's like more sad. Yeah, it's more just like shocking and upsetting. That's like the whole Art the Clown thing. So then in... Two, 20, um, 2011 that got cut into an anthology called All Hallows Eve. And Damien Leone had made these two shorts and a producer saw them and went, these are great. You should put them in an anthology. Find some other filmmakers to work with. And he went, no, I won't work with other filmmakers. I'm going to make an anthology of my own shorts. Well, you got to admire the confidence. I know. The movie's fine, but Terrifier and The Ninth Circle are the standouts easily. Okay. Especially Terrifier. It's really, really good. Um, and just so, so upsetting. It's like sadistic. Yeah, really mean, cruel. Like, oh, why? Um, and then a few years later, in 2018, he made Terrifier, which is the feature-length version. I actually um, recall when this one came out. Because we yeah. showed it at Puff. I didn't see it there. We showed it at Puff, too. It okay. was after Tragedy Girls. I did not. I did not. I did see Tragedy Girls. Mm-hmm. I, I know. That and one. then I told you guys to leave. <coughs> I have long wondered why Tragedy Girls doesn't have a bigger uh, fingerprint. I think on it pop should. Culture. I think Tragedy yeah. Girls should be like, um, you know, like um, Mean Girls, Heather's. Yeah, it really ought to be. You know, yeah. I really, I, I do too. Um, Tragedy Girls, scre- please go watch it. It rules. It's about as good as Scream. Mm-hmm. It's similarly about people that are kind of hip to, uh, you know, sort of narrating a horror movie yeah. scenario and I'm almost concerned that the technology is going to speed along and it's going to feel like a like an antiquated premise. Yeah, but people like that. I guess. Like people get all excited about, you I'm, know. I'm just surprised it didn't have more of a of a uh a, a contemporary I'm shocked it didn't get rediscovered on TikTok. Maybe yeah. it just hasn't happened yet. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. I, that, that's a really well-made mm-hmm. movie with with professional well, actors and, Well, let's you know. start telling people to do that. Go watch Tragedy Girls and make a TikTok about it. Yeah. The the kids need to see this. They, yeah, make your the kids, kids watch the Tragedy Girls. The kids, you know, people think that they want that do revenge movie. Go to uh They want Tragedy Girls. Go to a local high school. Yeah. Tell, put Tragedy Girls on an iPad. Say, mm-hmm. hey, watch this. Walk around. Hand it out to the kids. Watch this. Yeah, especially the girls. Yeah. They need that girl power. Yeah, that's, it's for girls. It's really for girls. Hey, this is for you. <laughs> You're point a girl. To the phone. But anyhow, Terrifier is a really fucked up, horrible movie. Yeah, now you've um, described this to me in the past, and it sounds yeah. awful. So it's the I, kind of thing I would not enjoy. Terrifier, the feature, even I am hesitant about, because it, it's just not as well made. And it's how long is Terrifier the feature? It's like eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. So they take a twenty. They took a Mm twenty-minute premise and they blow it out to eighty minutes. minutes. Well, it's a different story with the same character. (coughs) Right, but how different is the story really? Pretty different. So really, so he's not stalking a woman. It's talking a few women's and a few women's few women's in a warehouse. Um, so it is. Uh, it's that Long Island accent. <laughs> it's coming out. Um, so it's like a few girls on Halloween, and they're like pretty sexy and dressed up. And then the clown, you know, scares them, them apart, into right? a he warehouse like, and like murders them one dis- by one. Dismembers them. And- yeah, yeah. And, and it's really mean and really nasty. There's a kill in it that is so insane 
that like it honestly is the thing that makes me hesitant to recommend the movie to people i mean you know can i just say what happens who cares i don't think like this is either going to inspire you to watch it or not watch it so why don't i just give that's it away? the thing to do so well, he ties a woman up by her feet and then he cuts her Upside down in the down? middle vagina first okay yeah like that what is he used to cut her a saw just like an old wood wood saw, like a like I mean, like the kind of saw you would do a magic trick with, you know. Except I think it's the, real. The hand gestures help me a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a you know a hand saw, a yeah. back and forth. A back, yeah, an old wood saw. Yeah, I wish you could see what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. yeah, like a like you're cutting down a big tree, right down the middle, right down, right between the legs. Well, now that's actually in, here. I'm going to give you a little bit of context. That's called sawing. <laughs> And if you look it up on Wikipedia, it's an old mechanism of torture, and there are there are like portraits painted, really, of people being sawed, and even just looking at those little those old timey photos, well, not photos, but like paintings, mm-hmm. gave me the creeps for, well, for like that a day. Is what Art the Clown, who is an actual clown who does yeah. not speak and laughs at horrible things, uh, does in the film Terrifier? Yeah, people are capable of terrible things. Yeah, and that's really the big turnoff of that movie. But you know, but the um, whole movie is violence against women, right? It's not like that's an. Uh, yeah. It's not like a like for, for some reason. I mean, all of and a sudden that is honestly the problem yeah. with it is like yeah, it's a clown that eats. The women. victims are ladies. Yeah, but he's not targeting them because they're women. He's targeting them because they're present. But at the same time, it's hard to be like this isn't misogynistic. Yeah, because his attention isn't diverted. Right, he yeah. follows them. So it's not. It's not as simple as proximity because well, there must be other. They people. engage him first. Okay. But again, I shouldn't be arguing for this. What is he like? Their their uh, so Lyft the, driver the or thing, something? No, they find him in a pizza place and take pictures of him. Um, it's it's difficult because I know Damien, and right. in Terrifier, it's really like hard to excuse. And in fact, I don't even want to try to. But in Terrifier Two, I kind of do okay. because he redeems himself. I mean, first and you off, said Terrifier, Terrifier 2 is, is amazing. Two and a half hours long. I was losing my fucking mind. It's so good. The sequel. <laughs> yeah. I I can't wrap my head around it. Like, Do you think it's his magnum opus? I hope not, but you it think, might be. You think there might be a four-hour Terrifier 3 coming? I will I'll fucking lose my shit. I would love it. But any, so the like, ballad of the Arthur Clown. The thing that's interesting is, so one, um, Damien and everybody who, who made the movie are... Are, are like horror fans old school horror fans they watch every horror movie and so when you when you are kind of like mimicking old grindhouse films you're kind of taking incredibly misogynistic stuff and then like filtering it through something that's like more nostalgia yeah, based it, oh yeah so really? i don't think it comes from a place of misogyny from, from a place of observing of misogyny a, of admiring misogyny yeah which is not healthy but then that's, the second a, thing... I think they might call that a distinction without a difference. Uh, <laughs> they're, not, they're not Nazis, Madeline. <laughs> they like the Nazis. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's difficult. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that's really interesting is Damien is a special effects guy. He does all the effects in his own movies. And so often the effects sequences... Like the one thing I can definitely say about them is they're not sexual and they're not titillating. Okay. He's not trying to be titillating. He is like, what can we do with special effects to be gross and cool and weird, and how can we make it? So it's like a World War One experience. 
I don't understand. It's just about turning people into meat. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like it really doesn't, the, it does not feel sexual at all. When you're losing 10,000 men a day, yeah. it's, you start to see people as less than people. Kind of, yeah. Like it's way more sculptural and about like, well, how yeah. can we build this? How can we do this kill? Like how can we do the violence, not why can we do the violence? Can I ask a question? Are there, yeah. are there long or extended de- uh, uh, depictions of like suffering? Very good question. In the first one. Yes. In the second one, no. Because that's actually the part that I find the most Me too. Unsettling. I don't like that. I don't like the Saw films because it lingers on torture. And I don't, I, like, yeah, I don't, like, I to don't watch really a like just sob in fear yeah, and pain. I don't like experiencing people's pain. The second one, it's so the kills are so elaborate and fast paced that like you don't really have time to think about it. Like okay. it's more like, oh, fuck. Whoa. Oh shit! Don't do that. So, Ew, so gross. It's more like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan. I don't know. I've never seen it, but probably. Oh, that's a good movie. I don't care. I don't like war stuff. That's uh, not about war. It's real. I don't like real shit. War happened. The I clown? Mean, he doesn't exist. Listen, I don't want to freak you out, mm-hmm. but that clown exists. No. He fought in World War II. No. He was at Normandy. <laughs> but yeah, the biggest mistakes in the first movie is they sexualize the characters. They made them sexy. And they made them behave sexy and not have enough personality. And then they get killed too slow. And that's when I go, I I, I don't like this. Yeah, this makes me feel gross. F- 15 years ago, I called those helpless victim movies. And I don't really enjoy the experience yeah. of watching someone who is simply going to die. Yeah, and that is really what the first Become increasingly cl- like cognizant yeah. of their own mortality. But then the second film, it's like real weird and goofy. It is, my, my description of it on my letterbox review was it is jack ketchum gore with nightmare on elm stream logic who's who's jack ketchum jack ketchum was a writer who put out books through the late 80s through the 90s um through the early 2000s he passed away a few years ago rest in peace art the clown got him um art, art the clown got, <laughs> i think cancer got him but art the clown got him um and interesting euphemism for cancer he <laughs> He wrote a book called Off Season, okay. which I think is the most um, like d- brutal book I've ever. It's like the the goriest, like most you know, viscerally intense. V- yeah, book I've ever read in my life. Okay, and like Terrifier two captures that, and like understands that people don't die right away in a way that's like oh fuck, but it also happens so quickly and is so like sculpturally intricate. And and elaborate that it's impressive. So I will okay. say about twelve people walked out of the movie. Oh boy! During gore scenes, and that would be twelve people on the left side of the theater because that's where I was sitting. You were speaking politically, of I, course. Yeah, I was sitting in the leftist area of the theater. There were twelve Democrats that, mm-hmm. and the but the but the, on the right side of the theater, the tri- I couldn't see the, exit. the Donnie John fans. So I don't know how many people walked out. At the end of the movie, were there, were there any other people in the theater when the yeah? There's still like up? thirty people left. Yeah, right, so it feels yeah. like almost everybody stuck around. Yeah, almost everybody. But like, I mean, the fact that that many people showed up for an independent two and a half hour long clown slasher film in the middle of the week in the middle of the week, absolutely wild. Yeah. Like it actually says something really cool because people are like, "Oh, these movies aren't viable. They need to go straight to streaming." Yeah. But like, this movie made over a million dollars, and it was supposed to be out for three days, and they held it. Because people kept coming to it. That's fun. I know. It's like really cool. I, I Honestly, it's such a weird movie. It dips into weird fantasy shit. It like 
The thing that Terrifier didn't do that bummed me out, which is part of why I like what Damien does, is get into the demonic stuff. Because Art's supposed to be an entity from like hell. Like he's a demon entity that's unkillable. Like he's not a person. And <coughs> yeah. And Terrifier 2 got back into that. But like has demonic hell There's shit. There's like underworld stuff. Yeah. And like weird kind of like fantasy, like dipping into dreams. Does and he like have things sharp like teeth? That. What, how would you describe the clown's teeth? So the clown has um, gross black and green teeth. Are they sharp? No, they're normal teeth. They're like bad human teeth. Yeah. I think he like made him wear a jaw that was upside down. So his bottom teeth are on the top or something. That's interesting. That's Does he cool. have an overbite or an underbite or something? I don't know. It just looks wrong. That's interesting. But yeah, he's got a weird nose and he's like skinny and gross and like laughs at stuff. Would you say as a clown he is successful at being comedic? Uh, I guess it depends on what you think is funny. Does he do like a Seamus routine? Does he do mime? Uh, he does do some prop work. Okay. <laughs> sort of like a Gallagher. Yeah, but anyhow, Terrifier Two was incredible. Okay, prop. If you like, like pro, if you guys like prop comedy, Terrifier Two is the I mean, way to I, go. I think one of my favorite movies of the year. Good for you. I'm glad you got to see it in the theater. Animatronic in it that like my jaw hit the ground. Like incredible shit. It took him five years to. How make close it. to the ground were you sitting? Um, two inches. You were, were you laying face down? I was laying. I was prone. Okay. It took him five years to make this movie. Five years. I'm not kidding. Wow, that's a passion uh, maybe not project. five years, I maybe four. I don't know. It took him too long. There's this part of me, right? I'm, yeah. a, I'm, you know, there's two. Also, there's, it doesn't drag. It's two and a half hours long, and I was like, yeah, you could trim some of it, but it flows. I feel it the, works. I feel the same way about Avatar, which I did go I and see like, yeah. on Tuesday night in theaters, which is why I brought this up. I'm like, we both saw a very long movie this week. Yeah, Avatar, by the way, holds up in my opinion. I, it's at least as good today as it was when it was released, mm -hmm. and that obviously is a subjective statement. So if you, you know, if you're the sort of person that thought it was a bunch of junk, you know. In twenty uh, in two thousand eight, I guess, or two thousand nine, then you know you're likely not to enjoy it. But I was so hypnotized by it after I saw it the first time, and I was a real, uh, I was a real skeptic. I sort of avoided it, but it continued to, you know, it lingered in theaters for so long that I was able to finally just walk into an IMAX theater one day and buy a ticket, and I was just floored by how how much it moved me. And so now I've forced my my poor wife to go sit through it. <laughs> my poor wife, and uh, she kind of enjoyed it too. I mean, I, I think no, she, she was, said she did. I think she was into it. Yeah, yeah. she told me if I'm if I want to see it, I should go. Yeah, yeah. there's a, it's almost like two movies in one. I've never seen it because there's a live action portion and there's a very very like an exclusively CGI animated portion. The Navi. The Navi. Yeah, everything that happens on the planet. Uh, Outdoors is beautiful. It still looks. Be I guess they must have remastered it. They must have like scaled it up to 4K or something, because it looks so goddamn sharp. I yeah. couldn't believe it. The HD. I mean, uh, I'm gonna tell you, like, even the HD they were doing back then, still probably gonna look yeah. sharp in a theater. Well, the the real D 3D. I think yeah. he invented the cameras to shoot it because mm -hmm. Cameron's kind of a tech nut, and uh, uh, I would say that when the people are being filmed on a stage. It, the 3D is a little off-putting. It's it's like distracting. But when it goes into the CGI phase, it's so interesting. It's just so pretty to look at. It has a depth of field. It looks like you're watching a diorama, which I guess doesn't sound like a ton of... I mean, that's not exactly high praise, except that it's an effect that I really haven't seen other movies, you know... I mean, I told you, Pina, the Wim Wenders film, the German dance movie. Well, yeah, it's the only other movie that, like, the I thing you're describing, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't know that. But this one, just it's just everything just looks far away. It looks like you're... Yeah. I've said, I said this back when I saw it when I was in law school. Uh, like, it feels like you're watching a thing, something through a window. It really does. It's a very, very... 
effective. So whatever. I mean, I don't know how how much longer this re-release is going to last, but if you have an opportunity, I mean, I they do keep holding it. it over. It's been I, out for like three or four weeks now. We, it, the, the theater I saw it in got small, so now I, I yeah. find I finally saw it in one of the smaller theaters that the Sam Senior made, mm-hmm. and I saw it on Tuesday. So the tickets were ten bucks each, That's and uh, and uh, there were still about twenty people in the room with me. Less than Terrifier. Well, sure. Incredible. Yeah. I Terrifier is unbelievable. I can't believe it exists. I can't believe that's a thing. Speaking of the thing, I actually finally, I think, watched the thing for the whole, Ooh. from start to finish. I'm I, Again, I made my poor wife watch it. Yeah. She, I mean, you want to talk about the thing <clears throat> or do you want to talk about something else about clowns? Well, I started talking about the thing, but it sounds like you have an idea about clowns that well, might be worth diving into. I, Listen, it's going to be harder to go back to the clowns. I, yeah, that's what, sort of what I was thinking. Is like if we depart from clowns at this point, we're probably not coming back. All right, say your piece on clowns, Madeline. I got you a present. You got me a present? I got you a present. Right, you got to speak into that microphone. Hold so, on, you, you have it handy? You have it with you right now? Yeah, I told you I had stuff. I really thought we you were lying. We haven't recorded in three years. Oh, yeah. I, and it's not like I wasn't thinking about it. About what? The clowns? About the podcast and about you, Alfred. You're one of my best friends. So I got you a present. I'm glad at this point I still remain one of, one of your... Yeah, I've got like 40. I've got <coughs> 45. All the people who bought a ticket to Terrifier 2 last night. Did you bring those people? Mm, no. Uh, 12 of them even walked out. I didn't get their contact I at the them. end. They did stand at the door and get everybody's contact as they left. They showed an, a trailer for The Outwaters before Terrifier. That's why I brought it up in the first place. Yeah, you already said that. All those people saw the trailer for The Outwaters. How fucking cool is that? It's great. Yeah. But anyhow, so um, maybe a month or so back, you shared a picture in our group chat of a book. And it's possible. You didn't think it was real. <laughs> and it turns out it is real. And I knew it was real because I know the author. What book? Um, Clown in a Cornfield 2 Friendo no, Lives No, no, I knew that was real I was yeah. standing in a Barnes & Noble when oh, I took that saw? picture <laughs> Yeah Hold on, did you buy me two copies of this book? No, I bought you the first and the second one. Oh, I see, there's a Clown in the Cornfield 1 Yeah And oh. then Clown in the Cornfield 2 Friendo Lives That's going to spoil Clown in the Cornfield I, 1 no, You have to read the first one first That's why I bought both and I bought both because I asked the direct the director. Tense, modern, and gory. I asked the author. Cesare's Clown in a Cornfield is simultaneously classic and fresh. I said, can you read the second one without reading the first one? And he said, no. And I went, well, I guess I have to get both. Well, I'm going to read these books. Look in the, fr- look in the front. Look in the page. I'm going to bring these books to my law office. Yeah. So this is Clown in a Cornfield by Adam Cesar. There's a little book. There's a... Uh, the summer... Was this what you did wanted he, me to say? Did he sign it? I'm not on the, let's see here. I'm going to keep opening the. I'm going to keep turning pages. Yeah, look, he signed it. There's a squiggle there. That's his. All, that's a signature. Adam AC, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I treasure it. Thank you. Clown in a cornfield and I'm, clown in a cornfield too. I'll make my poor lives. wife read the same the same two books. I want to read them also. You should just give them back to me. I won't. Oh, bad luck. I shouldn't have given them to you yet. I should have hung on to them. You should have read them first. I should have read them. Ooh, before we I definitely gave them signed to you. this one too. I know we signed both. I'm very excited. I know. Honestly, that is a fun gift. Friendo lives. Clive Barker says, an author who knows how to make us afraid. Man, Barker's still, still, you know, around. That's great. Still reading books. Mm-hmm. Good for him. 
But yeah, that was my first my first surprise for you. Was the, I, I got the you the clown and I mean I bought it directly from the author because I saw him at an event I was at. The kids are not all right. Yeah. The other event I was at was the Skater Die Film Festival where he showed the profane exhibit that I helped organize and he was there. On the cover of Clown in the Cornfield too. Yeah. We have another quote by Clive Barker. <laughs> Is it the same quote? author who knows how to make us afraid. Wait, is it the same quote on both? Yeah. That fucking rules. Yeah. Man, they milked it. (laughs) He's doing a milking motion. (laughs) But yeah, look up Adam Cesar, especially if you're in a clown shit. So all the clown shit is clown in the cornfield. There's two books. You can read them. They're like YA friendly. You do know the author? Mm Mm-hmm. Is his name pronounced Cesare? I think it's Cesar. Cesar, C C E S A R E. Cesare Cesare or Cesar? I honestly, I don't know. I know it's Adam. I no, I gave him a beer. Yeah, no, no, I I just don't want to mispronounce it. I'm not. I'm certainly not doing it on purpose. Yeah, I bought a handful of books from. from I I don't know how to pronounce it off the top of my head. I'm looking at it. I I figure if there was no E, I'd say Cesar. With the E, I considered the possibility that that there being another syllable at the end. I could be wrong. Yeah, Uh, Adam, if you're listening to this, please correct us. I understand you are an author. Yeah. Who knows how to make us afraid? Mm-hmm. It was very sweet. It was nice hanging out with him. I'm stoked. This yeah. is a very fun gift, and yeah. it's not even my birthday. I got a few books from you, him. Did you get these for me because friend. it was Indigenous People's Day? Yeah. That's very thoughtful. Actually, on Indigenous People's Day, uh, we watched uh, Suspiria at a story horror club. Cool. Which we thought it was it was fun to watch an Italian horror film on Indigenous People's Columbus, Day. Well, formerly Columbus Day. Exactly. Good for them. Yeah. In this house, he's a hero. Murder movies. It's a reference to uh, The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I feel like we're good with clowns now, unless you have an, a, any other clown commentary. I mean, there's a clown that's in our backyard. Right now? Yeah, he's, well, I'm probably, every time I look back there, he's there. What's his name? I don't know. Well, you should ask. He doesn't come to the door. What does he do? He doesn't really do anything. Does he just stand there? I, yeah, I guess. Again, I don't see all, I'm not here all the time, so I can't tell if he's here all the time. Yeah. What I can tell you is he's always here when I am. Yeah, I'm afraid of him. Yeah, well, you know, there's deer that are back there, so my assumption is he's got something to do with the deer. Is he eating them? I don't know. Friendo lives. I mean, he's not eating. I haven't seen him eat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting question, He I just guess. stands there? No yeah, speak, no eat? It kind of looks like he's smiling, but Ooh. again, it is a clown, and that could be a, a you know an illusion. Yeah. Painted on smile? Yeah. Might be crying on the inside. There's a little girl clown in Terrifier 2, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be her for Halloween. Yeah? Yeah. Is she a good clown or a bad clown? She's a bad clown. Is she bad at clowning? No. She's good at clowning. So she's a great clown. No, she's just evil. But she's a wicked good clown. She's a wicked wicked little kid. Yeah. It's too bad for that. I I can't figure out how that could possibly play into what you said before. (laughs) Two and a half hours long. <laughs> All right, so we saw the thing. I've never really seen. It. I, I I have long held the yeah. position that I love the thing. Yeah, it's just something I feel in my heart. I mean, it is one of my favorite films of all time. I remember being a little boy in the eighties. I was born in nineteen eighty, so in the middle of the eighties, I was a young boy. But I I started developing memories, and I can recall going on family vacations down to you know shore destinations, beach destinations, mm-hmm. and I once such um, we used to stay at this old hotel called the Chalfont in, in Cape May. That's this cl- like classic old hotel yeah right and uh there was like one tv the rooms didn't have tvs it was designed to sort of it's almost like simulate the experience of being on vacation mm-hmm. probably at the turn of the 20th century 
And uh, there's this one television in this room with a pool table. And one day the, the thing was on. I can remember being fascinated by it when I was like seven or eight years old. I just loved the thing. And the, and the thing apparently came out in 1982. Yes. So that, that stands to reason that it would have been on like channel 11 or whatever. Yeah. By 84, and I remember somebody being like, oh, no thanks, and changing the channel. And that made me more yeah. curious Wait, about Wait, how, it. you're like, what, eight? How old are you? Seven or eight, probably. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. late 80s, it's playing on television. Yeah. That makes sense. And, um, I, so I so I discovered that it's air, it's airing for free on I think Peacock weirdly mm-hmm. I don't know how they have rights to it but who gives a fuck and uh, I mean it's just a movie yeah it's I, owned by a studio I guess I don't know how NBC owns it I don't know I guess there's only like six broadcasting companies at this point so oh, everything is owned well they license it probably from yeah. someone else so I put it on I, I don't know who owns the thing and I realized within literally ten seconds that I don't think I've ever seen it except on television mm-hmm. and so I don't know if I've ever seen even close to the whole movie. And I probably have only seen like glimpses of some of the gruesomer stuff because I bet that Channel 11 wasn't putting a lot of it on. Yeah. And, uh, and the f- thing is intense. The thing is intense. I mean, and I was, I'm, I'm so you, impressed by it. It looks great today. Yeah. It's 40 years old. If you didn't figure it out from the way I was talking about um, Damien Leone's work, um, I love special effects, like practical special effects, makeup and gore yeah. and creatures. Goopy stuff. I love goopy stuff. I love stuff done by hand. That The movie The Thing is... It's the peak. It, it is. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen better. You haven't. Especially that, that autopsy scene yeah. where things go south for everybody involved. Uh, and that, like, and frankly, I'll just say it, the head falls off the, the subject they're autopsying and sprouts crab legs oh, and walks away. it's amazing. It's incredible that yeah. it exists at all. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who did the effects on the thing because he was young. Well, you know, it's funny. Roger Ebert, he's one of my old guys. He's, he's somebody my dad made me read, and I, I love him generally, and I understand his opinions more or less. And he didn't, he didn't love the thing, which really surprised me. He described it as sort of a lesser alien. He said the, the, people, the people that like the, the goo and, you know, the, the gross-out stuff Ooh. will come for it. Well, yeah, I think he missed the mark on the he thing. Did. I think he didn't get it, actually. And you don't want to hear something kind of neat. I, mm-hmm. RogerEbert.com exists. It persists past his death. Oh, yeah. I and, know people who write for RogerEbert.com yeah, now. Two, two yeah. years ago, somebody did a piece on the thing during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And he said, I watched the, the author of the piece, and I don't recall his name, which is sort of a shame. I don't want to be uh, dismissive because it was mm, a neat. It was if a I neat, find it, I'll link yeah, it. Yeah, neat retrospective. Yeah. And uh, he said, I watch this thing every every October for Halloween. It's one of my favorite spooky movies. But this year during the pandemic, it has never felt more viscerally like clear to me what the movie is about. It's about that fear of the other thing. Oh, yeah. The fear of an infection that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, and he said this, the, the author on the, the article said it was made in 1982. It was a remake already. Yeah. Uh, it was and, a remake and it was based on a book. Yeah, Who Goes There yeah. is the title of the, of the book or the uh, the story anyway. Mm-hmm. But in 82, Carpenter apparently thought that it was an allegory for the AIDS crisis, which he said, he's like, I thought it was clear by all that blood test work that I did. That yeah. was like, there's a pivotal moment in the movie where all these men are examining each other's blood uh-huh. to look for the invi- the otherwise invisible like threat. Yeah. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't, it wasn't obvious to me. I mean, 40 years later, AIDS is not exactly on the forefront of my no, mind. No, that's actually very interesting. But I wonder if, I wonder if anybody got it. Like looking back. And, well, and, that's and, one of those movies. I mean, Carpenter has like said many times all his movies bombed upon release. None of his movies were popular when they it were It was theaters. neither critically nor commercially successful. Nope. Um, people thought the thing was junk. And now... And that sounds like it, Ebert's position, frankly. It's it was hailed just, as one of the best horror films of all time. It is. I, I think we've already talked about yeah. this on the podcast, but I saw a tweet once that said that uh, the two best, the objective, 
The two best sci-fi horror movies objectively are either Alien, Alien or, or Thing, thing. Yeah. and your preference depends on whether you're a cat person or a dog person. Which is funny because I'm a cat person, but I prefer The Thing. I do. Well, I don't know which one I prefer. I don't know, but also They're The both Thing is Huskies, right? Yeah. And like, I got a thing for Huskies, so. Yeah, and the Husky is the, like the. I got a thing for Huskies. Okay, I saw a tweet two days ago. My wife brought it to my attention uh, was it Huskies screaming? No, it was from the perspective of somebody working on that ice station. Uh-huh. Like, hey, man, I know a lot of people think this job sucks, but I love it. It's just 12 guys hanging out down at the South Pole. <laughs> oh, hey, a dog's running over. This is even. This is getting even better. <laughs> Maybe that's such a funny tweet. It relies on you understanding the context of the thing. It just made me laugh. So the guy who did the thing um, is an effects artist named uh, Rob Botine. Uh, he was very young at the time and I'm trying to figure out how old he was, but he was sort of a weirdo. Like that was kind of his industry rep. I don't doubt it. Is he, the sequence he worked that I on a bunch of Verhoeven films. Oh, that's a good fit too. Oh, I know. I know. Um, yeah, I see but that. like he, um, never reached the success of like, you know, um, Geiger, not even like a, um, a Rick Baker, or um, a Dick Smith or a Stan Winston, partially because he was weird. His stuff was genuinely unsettling yeah. to look at. And I think that's also why... It wasn't at all playful. He was so creative and had a weird brain and was able to come up with these things that other people couldn't imagine. The movie Carpenter didn't come up with what the effects looked like. Botine did. The movie plays like a mystery in a bit, yeah. at the beginning anyway. And they go to investigate this other ice station in mm-hmm. the Norwegians, and there's already something horrible on display. That like that thing that was set on fire, caught between, you know, two forms with yeah. a human head sort of split down them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's grim stuff. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, shocked. it's also really fun because it's shocked like it a lot of the shit I love, which is the goopy stuff. Like I like intense effects movies. It's why I like the Terrifier films. Um, it's why I like Society. Um, like these are things that are really driven by effects guys. Yeah. I, I wish there was like a really cool like girl who did like crazy ass special effects. I, I don't know any names. If you know any, like hit me up, let me know because I'd love to like delve into a lady's work. But you know, Screaming Mad George is a Japanese guy who did the the effects for a lot of Brian Usna's films like Society and all that. Um Botine is sort of in that same realm. But I think the thing is the best movie that dips into that world. And that if you took it out, the movie would still be that good. Yeah, you, you I could, having now watched it is at my age, I could probably tighten up the story a little. Mm-hmm. I could make the characters a little uh, smarter, maybe. I don't think you need to, though. I don't mm-hmm. think you need to change it at all. I think it's, honestly, like, They're, the very <coughs> end gets a little hard to follow. I, I think it's perfect other than that. Yeah, I guess the trouble with the thing is the, a, a big part of the actual, uh, we'll call it sensory experience of watching it, is that it really, you need to, as the viewer, not know who currently is the thing. And so to add anything to it actually increases the likelihood that you have some sense of who's bad and who you have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. And their fear all the way to the, all the way to the last scene yeah. is, are we... Uh, <laughs> I guess we're in trouble. And he's like, I guess we are. Mm-hmm. And even in the even in the as the movie closes, like, well, maybe this other guy. I think we'll the just thing. wait. Yeah, we'll just it's, wait and see. That scene where he's making that recording on his uh, little tape player. Mm-hmm. 
nobody trusts anybody anymore. We're getting cold. I'm very tired. Yeah. And then he wrecks the tape player. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. It's a fucking fantastic <laughs> it movie. It really is. And it yeah. is amplified, I think, by the experience we all just had societally. There is an there's we are living in a strange time where you're yeah. where people are, I think, are a little bit afraid. Maybe not afraid, mm-hmm. but tense, concerned about speaking about certain, you know, there is there is a real tension in the air. I mean, the, the 52 one, the, the the first movie upon which uh, Carpenter based his, his uh, remake was a, thing from another was, world. was a yeah. communist movie. It was mm-hmm. about, yes, find, it was. you know, who, you could be sitting next to a communist, you wouldn't yeah. even know. And I feel the same way about these red hats. Like I'm, you could be sitting next to a sick person. Yeah. Um, have you seen the 70s Body Snatchers? No, with Donald Sutherland? Yeah. I know of it. I've seen clips of it, but I've like the thing. I'm you almost certain I've really never seen it start dig to it. You would really dig it. It's it's it has aged beautifully. Yeah. It's very fucking good. I watched yeah. the one with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman that came out like ten years ago. An alien movie? It's called Body Snatchers, I think. Really? Yeah, it's like literally a remake of the Body Snatchers. Woof. I, I haven't even seen that. The, How many are there four? There's like the just a remake. I mean it's, the the Red Scare one from the fifties. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. Then the seventies one with Sutherland, then Abel Ferrara did one in the nineties, and then is there a Nicole Kidman one? Yeah. Man, and that and story's they have like got legs. And they yeah. shed their skin and they come out and they're mm-hmm. all like emotionally um flat, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've never seen the Ferrara one. Frankly, I'd really the, uh, like to. The movie we talked about, The World's End, is sort of a body snatchers. Uh, oh, it is. Yeah. I don't know if it's a remake, it's a, but it's, it's certainly a, a reference. It's a subgenre. Point. Yeah. I think it is a, a horror thriller subgenre. Um, you know. Yeah, the idea that you've been replaced, that the person you're you're talking to at work has been replaced. Yeah, we got what like Stepford Wives shit too. Like, who's a robot? Yeah. Who's a robot? On Madeline, I promise you. I promise you I am not a robot. I promise you I'm not a clown. Why'd you smile when you said that? Because it's funny. That's what a clown would do. Oops. Oops. Madeline, show me your teeth. Ah, they're upside down! (laughs) (laughs) Scene. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But I am not a robot. We've, We've still got it. Yeah, so a few movies that I saw between the last podcast and this one, we can go through them in a rapid fire. You, oh yeah, let's. Do you it. name one already. Uh, do revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Let's do revenge. Just do revenge. We watched Do Revenge. I thought it was bad. It was light. It was fine. Yeah, it's, it's not. I can't believe that not those offensive. kids are aware of those '90s jams. They're well, not. It's yeah. It is. It, we. I kept saying out loud the whole time. It feels like a movie written by somebody that wrote a movie like Clueless. Yeah. Who had another one ready to go. Mm-hmm. I saw it, like a weird thing where like, um, oh my God, do I want to go into this? Yeah, I'm going to go into it. So the, the, um, the character who plays the villain, the guy from Euphoria. Sure. So he, he plays a character, you know, with a Jewish name. He's wearing Star David. Like he's very clearly a Jewish character. Yeah. And then I saw a bunch of like think pieces that the movie was anti-Semitic. Why? Because he was... The villain. I don't know. I don't, did like, you feel that way when you were watching it? No. And do you feel like you have your antenna up for that? Yes. Okay. So I'm. I. I didn't get that impression either. That yeah. was not the take. I just thought that was like mind blowing. I mean, I think people look for that kind of stuff in places where it isn't. I think people are. Yeah. Shocking to a shocking number, anti-Semitic. I. They are. And so I think that someone who sees anti-Semitism in yeah. that movie might just be. He could have not been Jewish. I acknowledge. The, but you to know make what it is? Jewish that character. actor is Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is like, I don't think he was Jewish in the script. I think they just cast a Jewish guy. Yeah. He showed up with that. Yeah. I mean, also, I'm speaking as a Jewish woman. Like, I noticed he was Jewish and I went, cool. But I think, you know, like, in order to fully be, like, down with something, like, you have to be willing to 
to like you know like let's have queer villains for the, example yeah he wasn't like like the, there's nothing wrong with a queer villain as long as you're not right right we're anti-queer. not it's not the 1970s yeah uh, um What's the Hitchcock movie, uh, Strangers on a Train? That's yeah. not the one I mean. North by Northwest. It's right. the one that concludes with them up on the on face the of Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the, there's this villain who's, who became, Martin Landau, I think, mm-hmm. might be the villain in that movie. Okay. And he said later on that he played the character, despite, not ha- despite it being not um, relevant or obvious, okay. he played the character as though he was homosexual. Weird. Because, well, there was a time where homosexuality is perceived as a paraphilic disorder, Mm -hmm. deviant characteristic of the the psyche. And so there is actually a long history of villains in film having non, uh, we'll call it confirming gender identities. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you'll have effeminate men or butch women or just outright gay men and gay women yeah, being are coded, the bad guys and because then also being villains and they, not being they're deviant, being right? It's so so like so, so I'm I'm yeah. keenly aware of the fact that there is a long history mm-hmm. of of making homosexual or bisexual or whatever atypically sexual characters into villains simply because that's something you can do. Mm-hmm. Like even Hannibal Lecter, I think, is sort of written as Anthony Hopkins played him as sort of an effeminate. Uh, Character, I'll be honest. I just get that sense I from '92. Think he was supposed to be like posh, right? But I, yeah, I mean, I've read the books. I have not read that book. I read and, and I like, read the well, sequel. Well, what I will say to you is like, um, I mean, you know, we can talk about Hannibal Lecter, but the one we should talk about is Buffalo Bill in this conversation. Because well, sure. That is, that like is transphobic. Much, much more obvious point know, from the know, same pers- yeah, from the yeah. same film. You're right. But anyhow, so like Love you know, moving blouse. on from I mean, you know but, the horrible history of the stuff stemming from hatred. Right. I'm talking about like now when people are writing not from a place of hatred, but from a place of like engaging in characters. Yeah. Like we want to like villains. Like yeah, the villain u- shouldn't be unlikable. They're usually the more they're entertaining character. The villain. Yeah. Right. And I do think there's a lot of movies that did have, you know, queer coded villains where the villain are now like worshipped. And I think that's good. Um, but so um Heathers. Okay. So we're talking about tragedy girls, we're talking about do revenge. I've like, only seen Heathers chopped up the way I described viewing of the thing. There was a remake. Did you know that? I don't know. Did, did you it? know that there was a 10 episode series that was a remake of Heathers? I think I did. Recently, right? Yeah. And the um, the the main Heather. Well, was it on regular television or was it in a streaming service? It was in a streaming service. I think it may have supposed to have been on regular television. Okay. But like the main Heather is the bad guy, right? She She in the original Heathers is the villain. So in this remake, the main Heather is a, um, you know, like, fat non-binary you know like very punkish kind of um like bad you know bitch type character and you know they are being depicted as the villain and the internet turned on it and fucking crushed it they they destroyed this show's chance of being seen by anyone. Well, wasn't the original Heather sort of like a precursor to Mean Girls how these Heathers were like yeah it's exactly the same they were like meant to be sort of a high like an aspirational figure, the Heathers, they were whatever yes. they wanted to be. Yes, and it's, they were really subverting that and being like, well, now it's fucking cool to be like non-binary and punk and anti-establishment. Yeah. And like, I think that was a, the statement that they were making is it's actually cool to do that. People and aspire like, to have some kind of yeah, and, and definable it, characteristic. Yeah, and and, you know, the internet saw it and a lot of, 
people were offended by it and went like, oh, this is saying it's bad to be like that. Well, and they, they crushed the show. I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't really speak about it. But like, I really want to go and watch it. I found it. You know, it is watchable. You can find it. But it got like dumped. Swept away. Yeah. Well, I would think that you'd have to almost make it a limited series. The end of Heather's is pretty definitive. I mean, I, I imagine they went in a different direction, I hope at least. I guess. Um, I fucking love Heather's, by the way. Heather's I watched all the time when I was young. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It's it's interesting how upset people get about stuff when and they're not willing to kind of step back and look at it as a whole. Um, or yeah. even like look at nuance. What, what, like years? actually either of those. They, yeah. they decide what they see. Yeah. yeah. 20 years ago, I decided that I would not leave a movie, even if I didn't enjoy the experience of watching it because I... I thought it was only fair to assess the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I don't go to the movies all. I mean, I guess I've still probably never walked out of a movie. I don't I've think walked I ever out have. Of movies. I have absolutely walked out of movies, yeah. but I also like go to film festivals. Yeah, you see like 400 movies a year. Yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. You have more film credentials than I do. But normally, when I walk out of something, I don't. Um, I won't talk about it as if I've seen it. Yeah. Like I can say I walked out of Lords of Salem. I didn't like it. But I'm not going to say that it's a, you know, a definitively bad movie. It didn't offend you. You just didn't want to watch it. I just thought it was boring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't like Rob Zombie. Okay. Yeah. I think he's not a good filmmaker. I've seen many of his movies. Um, and halfway through Lords of Salem, I went, I could be drinking. All right. Let's push the, let's push the accelerator down. We okay. also yeah. saw Barbarian. Well, yeah. Which I fucking love Barbarian. I've seen it twice in theaters. I thought that was an extremely highly recommend. Movie. Great I, film. I don't want to talk too much about it, except that it, it is another movie that feels almost like two distinctive yeah, movies. I think it's VOD now. So if you haven't seen it and you, you know, go rent it. If it's still in theaters, go see it. It's a real breezy watch. Don't read shit about it, although now it's been out for long enough that I think you you either know or you don't. Yeah, it fills you with a sense of dread for Mm -hmm. at least 45 to 60 minutes, and then it's a whole different experience after that. It really does open up the uh, throttle and and just run to the end. It's really something. Uh, Barbarian, thumbs up. Uh, Mm -hmm. What else? We watched a few. I know we've seen more together, honestly. We, I, I think. I'm trying to think. God, it's been three years. I know. It's been so long. I know. So you came to Puff. We did two witches. We saw Barbarian together. I know you saw you saw Avatar. We watched Avatar. Avatar, the thing. Yeah, I mean that might be it. I don't know. It feels like we lost some stuff. I I feel like I had more. Our memories fade. Yeah, we are much older. I mean, I did. I do have a a follow up on a prior podcast topic. I know it's been a while, but um, you know, I kept eyes on it. What what is it? So, the staggering ox. Okay. No. From Montana. Do they endure? They do. They endure. But more so than they endure, they did uh, commercials. They did like ads, like video ads. Well, they are a business. That's, I, that's shocking I, to me. I know, but it's just like funny because it's like a local thing. And, yeah. and they made these commercials, right? But they didn't like really have like a full budget or anything. Not a full budget? And quite honestly, so um, thank you to Charlie. Charlie found this for me. And his comment was, they forgot to finish writing this promo, I think. Um, would you like to hear it? Yeah, all right. I guess this is where we play it. All right, you ready? I think so. So, Doug, what makes the Staggering Ox the best restaurant in the universe? Is it a huge variety of clubfoot sandwiches? 
No. It's gotta be the bread. Nah, it's not that. Is it the homemade soups and salads? I doubt it. Is it the short pants and rocking shoes? No way. Could it be the beer and wine? <coughs> I don't think so. Is it potato and rice dishes? <coughs> nah. It's gotta be the bread. Uh, maybe. Decide for yourself, just west of Lowe's, the staggering odds. It's gotta be the bread. That was it. That yeah. was the ad. That does feel like it's missing a uh, like a thesis statement. I like it because at the um, conclusion they land on, like they're like, "Why is it the best restaurant in the universe?" And then the guy Doug, he's the founder, I believe. I think he owns it. Yeah, it's got to like, be the bread. Everything they suggest, he says like no to. So I feel like he their says it ad, with so low energy. The conclusion the ad is drawing is it's not the best restaurant. It's got to be the bread. It's got to be the bread. Could you imagine if and somebody he, was the trying to recommend like, a movie? To, um, no. <laughs> a restaurant to you? Hey, you want to go to this restaurant? Oh, maybe. Why? What do they got? Well. They got bread. They're, I mean, if I had to say one thing about it that you'll probably remember, it's the bread. Is it good? No. No. Is it the short pants and rocking shoes? No. No. Uh-uh. Like, like, the conclusion is it's not good, right? Well, the conclusion is the owner has no idea what makes it good. I, I mean, does it? Is it good? We uh, have a friend out there in Mon Montana, right? Um, I don't know. I think we do. Out Montana. In Butte, out in Butte. Is Montana the wrong place? No, but I mean, our buddy who introduced us to the Stragging Rocks was there on vacation. Right, but we have another friend there right now. Oh. We don't have to name them, but we should maybe inquire whether or not they've identified or located a is it staggering like, ox. Is it our buddy who the, is... The, the songwriter, the, not the songwriter, the song singer, the, the Who is currently... Spamilton. Uh, the touring production of Spamilton. Yeah. My assumption Hamilton is that it's still going at spoof. three years from, from 2022. Oh, wow. Is he really there right now? I believe so. Oh, man. I wish we were there. I'm Honestly, so, when when I'm so relieved that I'm not when he Montana. gave us his tour dates. So our our buddy is in you know the touring production of Spamilton, um, and he said he was going to be in in Butte, Mon Butte? Montana, but Montana. Um, I'm sure, it's Butte. I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go specifically so we could go to the Staggering Ox and to see him. I, I actually maybe specifically to see him and then bonus the Staggering Ox. It feels like you had it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I spoke my truth. <laughs> But you didn't go. I didn't. We didn't go. I mean, clearly, I'm sitting right here in the Pentagon. In the center of the Pentagon. I know. Eating hot dog after hot dog. I can't stop. I can't believe how many you can eat at once. That's why they call me the hot dog pervert. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know how to tell you this. That is not why. <laughs> I won't inquire. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll just keep the thing rolling here. It's got to be the bread. It's not the bread. <laughs> it's not the bread. It's, it's not, not why. It's not. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to hear it. Oh man. On a recorded cylinder. You know, back to the back to the podcast. It's been so long, man. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't do this for three years. Well, it was a tumultuous time. Oh yeah. I've been stressed. I haven't been. Well, you know what? You know what? Interestingly, for the first time in my life, I'm getting, I think, tension headaches. What? Yeah, they're really intense. I hate them. Oh my god. I've had Is that like migraines? I've had them for like seven or eight consecutive days. Is this is this just like the ache that's on the temple no, right there? No, I can feel it at the where the bottom of my skull touches my neck in the back. Are you okay? Right now, I actually don't have one. So this is chilling me out, I guess. You're okay right now. Yeah, I paid for a massage. I've only Ooh. done that once now in my life. Oh, my God. You should do it more. I, I, love, I, might, I might have to. I, I often will go to the little, you know, like Asian place on the corner and get like a half hour massage. The corner of the Pentagon. The corner of the Pentagon, yeah. And I'll get like a half hour Thai massage. 
And then at the end, she like comes over and she whispers in my ear. She's like, you want me to keep going? And, is and that I, a sexual uh, overture? I don't know because they also have a sign on the wall that says no happy endings. Wow. That's so, a sad sign. Yeah. I mean, not not that you don't get the happy ending, that you had to. No, no, that they had to make the sign. It was just like easier to put the sign up. I know. That sucks. Uh, New York City, baby. Yeah, um, but yeah, My, I, I assume what one, she means is do you want the full hour? The place I went to had a sign on the wall that said keep calm and keep your underwear on. That is that is the equivalent of no happy endings. Yeah. Well, I had a male masseuse, although I guess they could jerk yeah. me off if I if I. I guess that's if not you a, paid for it. Yeah, that's not actually a a, a, yeah. a stopping point. <laughs> keep calm and keep your underwear on. I, but honestly, I was relieved to see the sign because I I'd have never done massage before. Oh yeah, I'm a and, I'm an underwear on person. And the guy's like, yeah. "All right, take off your clothes," and then he left. I was like, "No, yeah, you skip, no you, you strip down to just the the undies." Yeah I, had, yeah, I was just, it was me in my radiation suit. Yeah. That's what we call underwear now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, first we put the radiation suit on yeah. and then we do the shirt, the pants and the tie over it. Yeah. That's the uh, standard outfit. It does sound like maybe that's the wrong order. I'm now considering that's probably why our clothes keep catching fire. <laughs> we probably shouldn't be dressed like this. Yeah, I guess you don't put your hand on the outside of the oven that. I mean, that feels stupid. You know, I'm really thinking about everything we talked about today and where we are and what's been going on and wondering if we are actually clowns, that if that's the reason they kept us around. I, I'm, one, a lawyer, mm-hmm. but two, I'm, I'm very, very clever. Yeah. Somebody called me clever at work today. I was like, thank you. I am I appreciate a that. stockbroker. Well, that's why you're still here. I guess so. Got to break them stocks. Got to keep them market going. Yeah. Yeah. World, the one thing the world needs is someone to watch the numbers. I'm, I'm not a stockbroker. No, I don't. I, I've often wondered. I mean, you do wear the full clown makeup all the time now mm-hmm. at the office. I mean, it, it makes me feel sexy. It, well, it makes me feel aroused. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you? Yeah. Like, this is like we're going into my deep, dark past. Um, I was in a haunted house. Um, Very dark. Yeah, for like a while. Very deep. No, I, I worked in a haunted house. Really? Yeah. How far back? Uh, 2008, 2009. All right, so that predates me. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in like upstate New York. And um, there was a guy who worked at the haunted house. He did makeup and I had a crush on him. Um, and part of the reason I had a crush on him is because like he was the makeup dude, but his his real, like the thing he did most days was he ran the splatter booth. Oh, no. So like you would put your your costume on to act in the haunted house and then you'd go in the splatter booth and he would paint you with blood and when i started working there i was in um the the, a house called the woods which was a zombie themed house and so i wore kind of this like little red riding hood outfit but i'm like almost six feet tall little dead riding yeah and then i would have zombie makeup on and i'd be like um and it was quite good. And then they had another house that was Return of the Mummy's Curse. And honestly, the house was bombing. Like, no one's afraid of mummies. It just, like, wasn't doing well. No one wanted to work it. And they asked if I would move there. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and they're like, yeah, you'll be one of, like, five people working that house, which is way small. Like, way less actors than the other houses. So, like, you get the place to yourself, basically. You kind of can figure out what you want to do and, like, go wild. Really? And so the house is always constructed of, like, wood. Um, like, it's, like, you know, boards. And it's got secret passages and, like, you know, trap doors and stuff. And I, like, learned everything about the house. 
to the point at which I could scare people like four or five times throughout without them seeing me pass them. Like I could climb into the walls and get up on the ceiling and come out from the ceiling and then like crawl into a box from underneath and pop out of the box. But they cast me as a archaeologist. Okay. So my costume <coughs> yeah. was I would put on just khakis, so like khaki shorts and a shirt. And then I would go into the splatter booth and like he knew that I I loved it, so he would fucking hit me with a full bucket of blood. He splattered you. Yeah, full bucket of blood, just like like boom, right in the face. And I would lose it because I loved it. It was so much fun. I would giggle and he was he liked it and what was the blood? Um it was a combination was of it, was it pure dog's blood? Pure dog's blood. Combination of pure dog's blood. <laughs> it was Dalmatian in the and Labrador. Hate. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the bread. Yeah. <laughs> And the bread. And the bread. <laughs> dog hate and bread. And we'll use the bread to sop up the dog. It's it's gotta be the bread. It's gotta be the bread. Um so uh there was one night, like we would stay late after the house wrapped and like drink and like party in the ha- empty haunted houses and like watch horror movies projected on the wall and stuff. And his friends like knew I had a crush on him and like knew he liked me. And so they put me in the clown costume. And then, like, he was sitting alone in the makeup booth. <laughs> yeah. And had me, like, sneak in there and, like, sit on his lap and do, like, silly, like, cute clown stuff. Okay. And he sat there terrified, just so scared that he was going to get, like, aroused of, like, me. But you were trying to arouse him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was just like very funny. He just didn't want to associate his arousal to you. Dressed as a clown. To terrify her. Yeah, exactly. I see. Yeah. How did like, that pan out? Yeah, we dated We're for a few married. months. We're still married. No, 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 it didn't work out. We dated for a few months, didn't work out. Um, All right, but, well, too bad. But yeah, no, I just thought it was, it's very funny that I have this like clown history. To, to this of, day, you wear clown makeup to every job interview. I can't stop. Yeah. It's got to be the clown. You wouldn't discriminate against a clown, would you? Would you? And I put on all my job applications. <laughs> hire me, and I promise not to steal. <laughs> if you hire me, I will show up out of the clown makeup. And I won't but if, steal. But if you don't hire me, I will show up in the clown makeup. In, and I'll steal. In perpetuity. <laughs> but yeah, that's The only my... way I can guarantee you'll never see this clown again is it as if you hire a, me a, a, with an attractive job offer? Yeah, 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 yeah. You could hire me with an unattractive job offer, and I might not show up as the clown. I can't I say. Might, I can't promise the clown is gone. But I'll definitely steal from the company. Yeah. Well, you're not. I don't think. It, okay. Look, you're not. <laughs> you're not telling people you're definitely going to steal. Yeah. You're just not. You're not promising that you won't. Yeah. That's a key distinction. Listen, and this is a tip for all you young guys. Everybody out there getting out of college right now, it, somebody makes you an offer that's a little bit underwhelming, right? What you do is you come back with a counteroffer and you and you pair, you pair that with a promise not to steal. Mm-hmm. So they, they're like, well, we'll start you at 40000 <laughs> You say, well, I'd be a lot more comfortable at fifty or 40, 48 even. How about this? <laughs> if, we, if we start at forty eight, I promise I won't steal. Man, it's like 90 minutes in and we finally got to the good part of the podcast. Yeah, I'm taking my pants off. I'm putting on my clown nose. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, look, it's been a tumultuous three years. Yeah, you know. It's cool that we got the new office. Mm-hmm. I have, oh, I, I don't know if it's fair to call it an office, but the studio is luxe. It's really nice in here. It's really nice. In Hot here, dogs. Would you say in, in, are we indoors here? Yeah, we're in the middle of the Pentagon, the center. Right, but, there, but it is like a booth. Yeah, I guess. Right, well, so. Is it the roof? We're out, we're in the atrium. Yeah. I guess we should describe it to people. We're in the atrium. This, mm-hmm. The booth is star-shaped, which is why you make it a little echo. It's, yeah. It's, un, it's an atypical. Uh, it's got a big circle painted on the top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of like an, like an American flag, like a Captain America. It's like a big circle with a smaller circle inside the center of the circle. Right. Yes. Yeah. I liked it. I thought that was, I thought Captain America, very cool. Yeah. I mean. It is not red, white, and blue. It's just red and white. Yeah. It's sort of like the Target logo. Well, it's. I mean, I don't know that I don't. I would be surprised if, if Target was branding. I guess Target hasn't been around for many. We years We have no now. association with that brand. I don't. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Why? But, you know. Maybe they'll sponsor the podcast. Oh, you think Target might become a friend of the pod? Maybe they're coming back. Well, I'd love that. I guess. Yeah, yeah, but right. So we're in this like neat little star star shaped booth. Yeah. Small circle, big would you circle. Des- how big would you describe it? You said small. I mean, can you, when, and I'm a little tall, I'm like an inch and a half taller than you. When I reach out with both arms, I can mm-hmm. touch both sides. So can I. Yeah, because I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like, and I mean, I think my fingers are a little further than yours. You, so probably like, I don't know, six feet. Do you feel like it's gotten smaller since we started? I think it may have. That doesn't seem, I mean, that's. I mean, you know, um, with like, you know, old houses, you know, they, 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 they breathe. They, they move do. in they, and out. They breathe. That's yeah. what you, that's what, when people buy an old house, they're like, you expect it's going to breathe a little. It's funny that we haven't seen anybody else, though. <coughs> not, I mean, not to me. Why? I don't, I don't, don't you see people? I don't, what's funny about that? I, I, I haven't laughed once. Funny like a clown? Funny ha like, ha. Yeah, like, like you? Yeah, like me, a clown. Like terrifier. <laughs> like terrifier. <laughs> like, like I amuse you. I guess you mean it's unusual? Yeah. If I'm being honest, I feel like I haven't seen people in a, in a long time. I know, right? And when you do, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. When I do, they are. Yeah. When you do, I don't know. Hey, do you, do you hear that? What do you hear? Is that a... I got, I'll take my cans off. I don't know. I, is it... You hear that? Is it on the mics? No, 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 no. no. Ambient. Take, take, ambient? Yeah. I'll take it. It's getting louder. Is that siren? Is it... Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. What does it mean? You think it's an ice cream man? Maybe it's the ice cream man. Ice cream for ice cream. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's getting loud though, right? It's getting really loud. But it's been a long time since I've had like a good cone with Ooh, soft Is that good humor? Sprinkles. Mr. Yeah, Softy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see him. I don't know how. <sighs> I don't know. We got to wrap up the pod. So maybe we should just stay right here. Feels like it's just getting louder. <laughs> it's really loud. God, it's making me want ice cream so bad. Oh my God. I'm Mr. Hard for Mr. Softy right now. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get some ice cream. I guess that's it. I guess we're going to get ice cream. I guess we're going to get ice cream. Oh, man. Thanks, Alfred. Hey, it's been, it's been a blast. It's been, fun. it's been a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you're making it sound like it's over. An absolute blast. It's been a total blast. 